back. This is uh, East Coast Adventures with the Dirt and Vert podcast. I'm David. And I'm Matt. And we have a special guest today, Ethan Coffey. And Ethan's also a three-time Knoxville Marathon winner. I did know that. Um, he's also going to tell us some good stories about some of the other races he's done, but uh, he also has ran the Double Boston, uh, which he raised money for. And then also, uh, one of the things Ethan did at the beginning of the year as well is the frosty foot race uh you come out and just absolutely crush that race ethan so you know you've you've obviously made a, a good background in history in marathoning but you know the last year or so you you know last year and a half i guess you've moved over to ultra running and also you've also done some long relays that we would like to learn about as well but uh ethan if we could start out with the knoxville marathon um what we'd really like to know there is like your training leading up to those races. You you won three years in a row. So that's that's pretty impressive in itself. But did you change your training each time? Did you adjust what you were doing trying to better prepare for those races? Uh so first of all, I didn't actually win three years in a row. I won I won three years, but um they were I ran the first one was in two thousand and 14 I think and then I didn't win again until um 2019 or 2020 and that was oh, wow. okay I was focusing on running a f the fastest marathon I could because I was trying to qualify for the Olympic trials um and Knoxville while it's a great race is not a super fast course mm -hmm. so, um I was focusing on trying to run faster times but um as far as my marathon training went it was looking back on it now that I'm 40 years old and seem like I'm dealing with injuries all the time, um, was, was pretty crazy. I would run about, a, uh, up to 120, 125 miles a week. Um, oh, wow. I would not run less than 10 miles at a time. So I'd run nine, nine runs a week, but, um, say on my workout days, I would run 10 miles in the morning easy. And then in the evening I would do a workout, say I would do a few mile warm up, and then eight times a mile or two times five miles or something like that. And then um, the next day I would come back and do a medium long run of like 16 or 17 miles. Um, and then I would, I would take a day easy and then come back and do the same thing I did on Tuesday. Um, another 26, 27 mile day. Um, so it was, it was a lot. Um, I was really, really focused on winning knoxville um yeah. at the time mm, um a local knox people person from knoxville hadn't won um in several years since Stuart ellington had done it and i really wanted to um make my mark and so when i came out into that it must have been 2014 no, 2015 that's right um i was in i was in phenomenal shape and i ran 222 with a, about a three minute negative split. Wow. Uh, and so, uh, I was, I was about as fit as I've ever been when I did that. And then the next, the, after 2020, um, I came back and, and ran it again because I was kind of done trying to run the really fast marathons and, uh, but I was in marathon shape. I was relatively fit. And so, uh, my training for those was, less intense because I, I was learning um that i couldn't handle as much as i used to be able to 
but yeah. I was also starting to move a little bit towards the ultra marathon stuff a little bit more. So, um, I was always, I was always focused on strength. Um, just trying to be as strong as I could because I've never been super, super fast. Well, I would beg to differ for that. Pretty statement. fast for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying so, to qualify for Boston. So, what's what was your fastest marathon time? So I ran um, two nineteen thirty four. Um, I remember the seconds exactly because the Olympic trials qualifier is two nineteen flat. So I missed oh, wow. by thirty four seconds. Which oh, is, was that? Where was that at? It's out in uh, Sacramento. It's called the California. Yes. It's a it's a good place where a lot of guys go to run fast. Um, it's it's a net downhill, but um, it's also it's there's some rolling hills. It's not it's not a um, it's it's not a ski slope. It's kind of okay. similar downhill to Boston, just doesn't have the big the big hills in the way. Um, and yeah, I was on so so to put it in perspective, a two nineteen marathon is five nineteen per mile, and I was. 518, 516, 515 for about 21, 22 miles. And then the last few miles, I was up to 525, 530. And that was enough to put me over the edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you got out of the. What year was that? That was uh, 2018. Yeah, I was okay. trying to 20 trials. Okay. That's impressive. It is. Man, what a. What a letdown, too. I, I would bet I would have been so upset. I can't imagine how upset you were after that. I mean, that's a lot of hard work, though. It was. Yeah. It was. It was. Um. Uh, not as much of a letdown because I was. I was happy. I was proud of of what I accomplished because when I first yeah. started marathoning, um, back in two thousand seven, um, when I ran my first marathon, the Olympic trial standard was two twenty two. And I kind of ran a couple of marathons and had some friends who were running fast. And I was like, you know what? I think I can run 222. Um, and so I did end up running 222. Just the standard had changed by then. So yeah. uh, well, that's, I, that's impressive. I was still I pretty mean, proud of having run as fast as I did. No, oh, yeah. absolutely. 219. Did you, did you ever try again or was that your one time for? Yeah, I kind of, uh, since it, it's hard, it's hard cause I was only 34 seconds off. Um, and I yeah. still had a lot of time. And so I probably came back the next season a little bit too quickly and ended up mm. falling the cycle where, you know, you keep trying to push it and you keep, something keeps popping up on you. And so I never had a good shot at it again. Well, that's impressive. Ethan. Well, yeah, uh, 222, 219. That's, uh, that's tough. That's, that's a good, that's a good run. Definitely. So now in, was it in 20, I've, I've done my research here, but I may be getting the dates mixed up just like the three pound Boston marathon winner, but uh, <laughs> I thought it said three years in a row, but going back to, is it 2014 is when you set the 50 K national title? So that was actually when I was training for the double Boston. Uh, so yeah, okay. that, that would have been 2014. Um, I, the 50k road national championship was up in new york in end of end of february beginning of march um and it was a i was basically running either a marathon or a 50k every month as a build-up towards the double bus um and so i went up just kind of on a whim i looked at the times and i was like you know i think i can run a time that could that could put me in the top of that race 
And so I went up and uh, actually won the national championship and set a course record at the time, although it's been broken since then. Um, but I ran 253 for 50K. Um, and actually, yeah, at I'm, the time... I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he... Uh... Is that be Michael Wardian? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was racing Michael Wardian. I was reading all this today, and and uh, Ethan broke the course record. And I think when and what's funny is like I don't think they even really knew who you were when you showed up today, Ethan. Like Ethan yeah. showed up. I, they got a picture of him in like yellow gloves. <laughs> and uh, now there's this article written about him, like he showed well, up. Well, I, and... I think I saw at one point where Ethan shared something about uh. You said you beat somebody out on the, one of the covers or one of the headlines or something. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, so, so I was on the I was on the front page of the uh, USA Track and Field uh, webpage, and Galen Rupp had a little had a little picture right next. I had the big picture, and Galen. <laughs> yeah, I remember you sharing that. I so, thought that was pretty uh, funny. I, for one day, I was I was a bigger story than Galen Rupp. So, was that your first fifty k? No, actually, um, my first 50K was at the, um, not the Frosty Foot 50K, but the Frosty 50K. They're different races. Um, it's in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. It's mm -hmm. around Salem Lake, and it's like a, um, kind of like a dirt track around the lake. It's a double out and back, and it's super fast. And I was actually running it as a marathon buildup because I was, at the time, my marathoning, my marathons weren't going very well. I was, I was training really well, but not racing very well. And, um, I wanted to, um, get stronger mentally. And so I thought running a, a hard 50 K would make me like better at the marathon. Mm -hmm. So I went out there and, um, Bob, Bob Adams, who you might know down from Chattanooga, big, big ultra guy, he had run it the previous year and set the record. And so of course, as in the back of my mind, I was like, I got to beat Bob. And so uh, <laughs> I was kind of chasing Bob's ghost. And I think I ran it maybe one or two minutes faster than he did. Uh, and so uh, that was at the time, I had never broken 240 in the marathon. And I came through the marathon at that 50K in like 235 or 236. Oh, wow. So um, it was a, it was a definitely a big step um, for me. So that, yeah, that's the Frosty 50K. And it's a lot uh less uh technical than the frosty is it foot. still a trail it's trail yeah it's off road but it's 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 really like a dirt road it's it's a wow so you you got your pr in a marathon on a trail that's even more impressive like at the time you yeah. know that's that's awesome yep <laughs> pretty, pretty good so so you used that training and so the let's talk about that 50k real quick like what was your did you did you go there trying to break the course record or were you just going there to see what you could do yeah both um i so uh, again i i bob still lived here in knoxville at the time so i was running with him a lot and so i knew what he had done the previous year and in the back of my mind i was like you know if i'm feeling good i think i can i knew the paces and i was out at you know six minute pace or whatever and um i got through half 25k and felt comfortable and so um i just I just kept it up. But yeah, the goal really was initially the A goal or the, the main goal was just to run a 50K strong. Um, and the B goal, the secondary goal was to try to see if I could break the course record. Nice. And you did. 
So you go through you go through your mar marathon block and you you do this 50k and you've been doing two mar or a marathon a month to get ready for this double Boston. So tell us just a little bit about this double Boston and and from what I saw you did this to raise money as well. So it was more than just you know wanting to do something. You were raising money. So can you yeah. tell us a little bit about that? So. So the Boston bombing happened in 2013, and so I'd gone I'd gone to Boston um, every year for maybe three or four years in a row, um, and it's great. I love I love the race, but it was just it's a it's it's a lot. It's the um, it's a great experience if you can do it. I definitely yeah. highly recommend it. Um, but the logistics, the money, everything else, um, and so I'd stopped going, and then I was at work um, at ORNL on on marathon monday and like the news of the bombing came through and just just absolutely devastated me like i couldn't i couldn't believe someone would attack that like pure the pure joy of that race um and so at that moment i said i was going to go back and i wanted to do something but as you know i'm 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 fast for a look you know regionally i'm i'm good but i'm not like you know, I'm not going to make headlines with how fast I am. So I knew I was strong. I'd been doing a lot of miles and I knew I could run 52 miles. And I thought, well, I can actually get people to pay attention to what I'm doing and maybe do better, do more for somebody by doing the double Boston. Um, and so I, I was raising, raising money for, um, it was, it was the be strong, stay strong fund, which was, um, a couple of local people here who uh, had been actually uh, cheering their mom on who was running the marathon and they were involved in the, in the bombings and um, they, they were both injured. And so um, I was able to, I basically, this was before all the, um, you know, the online uh, charity apps and stuff. So I had to yeah. kind of do my own. I had like, app where people would, would would pledge money and um it was based on how fast i ran to to give me more motivation um i remember the goal was six hours so wow. i want wow. the the two marathons back to back in under six hours and so um i started at 7 a.m and the race i was in corral a uh or corral one uh group a or whatever so they were starting at 10 o'clock and so i knew i had i had to get up from the, from the finish to the start in less than three hours. So that gave me a little bit of motivation. Um, and, uh, so I got up there in two forty eight, and I had 12 minutes to get in my corral and get a little bit of food and a little bit of drinks and then head back down the road. Um, and then my second marathon was three eleven. So, uh, my total time running time was just under three, six hours. Although the, if you include the stoppage time, it was a little bit over six hours, but yeah, according to, so I, I asked people to, to send the money directly to the, to the charity based on how much they pledged. And according to the pledges, it was around $10,000, but I, I, I never saw the money. So I got where it was going. <laughs> <laughs> so on the, on the double, is that something you came up with or is that something that they had? So I didn't, I had never heard of it before. Okay. Uh, there's people that do it every year. Okay. Uh, Actually, I was uh, um, I was on my way up, and I passed Dean Karnazes, and he had started like two hours before me. Oh, <laughs> he really? Started, like, he started like, 
5 a.m. I started at 7, and I passed him at, I don't know, mile 23 or 24 because um, he was he was on his way up to. So there's, there's a, a group that does it every time. I wish Java had been around at the time because I probably have the segment record on the double Boston, but there's no way to prove that. But but Ethan said earlier he's not fast, right? Well, he's not fast. Is that what Ethan said? What he, said? he passes a guy two after hours after the first. <laughs> That's awesome. Pretty fast growth. Um, how long did it take to recover from that? Because I mean, running <laughs> running two marathons back to back—that's not like going out and running your typical fifty k. I mean, so, and, and those were fast marathons. They weren't just like long training runs. Those were fast. So funny story about that. I'm going to have to uh, send this to my friend Andy Baxa, um, who's a who's also a, a very good runner in his own right. Um, he, we were racing the Dogwood 5K down on Cherokee Boulevard um, mm-hmm. Saturday after the Double Boston. So I come back. I come back from Boston. <laughs> I'm sore. You know, I, I I don't run at all. My quads are beat up, and I show up uh, on on Saturday morning. So four or five days after the double Boston and I may have warmed up a few minutes and I get my racing flats on and I take off and I just, I just get out of the box fast. Cause I know if I'm going to beat Andy, I'm going to have to just, just run as hard as I can. And I ended up running 15, 18, <laughs> 5k, like double Boston. And that was, uh, that was the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Just two days. That thing's on a Monday. How bad did that hurt afterwards? I would imagine, or during. Did you feel anything like any pain wise? It was it was painful, yeah. Yeah, but I knew Andy was back there hunting me down, so, so I just did ran. you win did you win that one? I, I beat him, yeah. What did he say after he saw you at the finish line? Oh I think <laughs> I uh I think he was he was not too happy about it. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. No, and and also if you started a marathon two hours before me and passed me, I would be happy about that. <laughs> All right, so so now let's let's shift gears a little bit because we talked about your marathons. Um, you know, you you've done a lot of smaller races too, five Ks and stuff, and and you know you've done really well at those. But, you know, last year you stepped into, and it sounds like you'd ran ultras before, but you really stepped into the ultra distance last year. You know, you did no business 100 and finished that race. Uh, then you jump in first of the year, you do frosty foot 50K, and then you decide to do bad water, which, you know, is, I think that was one of your bucket list races. So before I ask you a little bit about bad water, I just want to ask you this: Was Badwater the hardest race you've ever done? It's hard to answer that question because it's a different type of hard. Um, it was the only race where I wasn't sure I was going to be able to finish. Um, I've dropped out of races before because I didn't want to finish. Um, but when I was when I was heading into Panamint Springs. Um, which is the mile 72 cutoff. Um, I thought I wasn't going to make it in time. I was going to miss the cutoff. And um, there was nothing I could do about it. I was just so hot. I, I, I couldn't yeah. go, I couldn't do any more than I was doing. Um, 
Now, phys- physically, like, it was not the hardest thing I've ever done because it was just so, so slow, so much walking. So, like, you know, but, but just, it's, it's a different type of difficult, I guess. Yeah. And, um, you're right. It, it was a bucket list item for me. You know, when I first, when I, when I continued running after college, I had two things I wanted to do qualify for Olympic trials, which you talked about, which was 222 at the time and run Badwater. Cause I'd watched that running on the sun documentary, um, which you can still find somewhere. We had, we got it on Netflix back when you got the, the DVDs in the mail. Um, yeah. and, uh, I was like, man, that seems, cause I've always been really, really bad in the heat. I sweat way more than anyone my sweat is uh saltier than anyone's i get hot i get overheated i can't i can't handle anything hot and so um i i was like you know that that seems like the most difficult thing i could think of to do and yeah it was it was it was yeah i i guess the hardest thing i've done because i wasn't <laughs> sure. yeah i was, I was going to say like hard can be yeah, whether it's physical or mental, I was just like, overall, was it the hardest thing you've done? And it sounds like it because, A, when you're in a race that you really want so bad, like that's your goal, and you're right in front of the cutoff, yeah. that is the worst feeling ever. Like, you know, you want it so bad, and you've made it this far, and someone can just take it away from you that quick, and you've worked that hard for it. That's that's a terrible feeling, and that doesn't help your motivation either. You know, a lot of people crumble under that pressure. But sounds like sounds like you were able to to keep going because uh, you made it. Obviously, you finished the race. But how did you? So, if you don't care, real quick, tell us like in that moment, what did you do, and like how did you? How did you manage the heat and how did you stay in front of that cutoff to finish the race? Like, what was your, I know you had a strategy, Ethan, because, you know, that engineering mind is not going to start a race without having everything laid out. So, Yeah, I had a strategy. Um, it was, it was a good strategy. Um, but my, I, there's no way I ever could have gotten anywhere near finishing. I probably couldn't have done 20 miles without my crew. My, the, the crew was the, the, the best thing. Um, they were there every step. Um, once you get past Phil Pipe Wells at mile 42, you're allowed to have a pacer. And my pacers were there the entire time. They were spraying me with cold water, keeping ice on me. Um, but even so, in the middle of the day, walking um, with ice on me and, and, and ice packs and, and being sprayed with cold water, I still got overheated. And coming down into the valley um, where Panamint, Panama Valley where, where the next, um, cutoff is, I was getting sick. I was getting nauseous. I had to keep stopping. And I remember just sitting there, um, watching the time go by and I was, I was nauseous. I couldn't keep anything down. Um, and they, they were keeping trying to, trying to cool me off and I was doing the math and I was like, guys, I just need to go. I need to, I need to, whatever happens, I'm just going to walk and hopefully, we can start, you know, getting, getting fuel in me. And, um, because otherwise there was no way I was going to make it. And I think I got in there maybe like 30 minutes below the cutoff, um, which, you know, is it, is it, is it enough? Yeah. <laughs> you're out there and, and, and you're, you're not able to run and you're, and you're going slow. 
those minutes go by fast. Were you DFL? No. Um, yeah. I was I was DFL at the mile 90 checkpoint um, at the top of the second mountain. Um, I was in last place. And then I passed a few people on the final climb up Mount Whitney. And a couple people behind me, I think, dropped out. So I think there was... 87-ish, 87, 88 finishers out of 100, and I was like 82nd. So what's this Ethan Coffee heat rule that I've heard about? Um, I've heard it mentioned that. <laughs> the coffee line. Yeah. yeah, what, what is that? So uh, my, my teammates in college came up with it because they knew they, um, they're smarter than me, and they saw this before I did, was that, if the temperature was, was over a certain amount, I either I just wouldn't run well. Um, and so the coffee line is dependent on the distance and, and how fast I'm going. So, for instance, the coffee line for a 5K might – I mean, I've done, I've done the fireball 5K where it's, you know, 80, 90 degrees and, and done okay. Um, for a marathon, if it's over 50 degrees, no chance. I'm not going to run well. I could finish probably. Um, but it's not going to be good. So, uh, that was, that was one of the things that, that I learned as I was in this process of, you know, when I talk about the frosty 50 K where I PR to the marathon, it was like 27 degrees. I was just able to run as hard as I wanted and I wasn't overheating. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. How did, this is how some people might feel all the time. Um, and the same, same thing with the, um, the USA, the national 50k championship. So I was up in New York and like first weekend in March, it was like 27, 28 degrees. I was out there in a singlet and gloves running all the picture. <laughs> and I was fine. Was, I felt great. Crazy. So, so you go from that to you know, hundred and something degrees at bad water. So, yeah. So obviously I knew there was no chance I was going to, I was going to, run fast at Badwater. There was, I, I could not enter it thinking it was a race. Like it was yeah. my finish. And, and once I, you know, I'm definitely a super, super competitive person, but I have to realize my limitations. And so I had two major rules. The first was I was not allowed to run when the sun was out. Running. Yeah. Walking. Um, the second one was when I was running at night, I couldn't run for more than two minutes at a time. So I would run for two minutes and then, cause I, cause I've never gotten good at like running slowly. Um, and so when I start running a comfortable pace for me, um, where I don't feel like I'm, you know, breaking is way, way, way too fast. And so I, when I was training, um, for Badwater, I was actually doing practice runs where I would run for two minutes and walk for eight, 10, 12 minutes. Mm. Um, cause the first cutoff at stovepipe wells is the, is the hardest one. And you have to average like not hardest in terms of pace. Um, you have to average, um, right around four miles an hour, 15 minute miles. Okay. Um, and so I knew if I, if I, I got the pace down where I knew if I could, if I was running for two minutes and walking for 10, 12 minutes, I could easily be under 15 minute pace and I wouldn't overheat. And so that was, that was the plan. 
It worked. It worked. It worked. Yeah, I was saying it got you through. It, it I, worked. I remember what. Uh, um, I remember I was I was following along the whole time, and what's that? Uh, I was following following you along during that race, and I remember like um, at one point, you know, we, were, we kept checking on it, kept checking on it, and then there was a point where you got and you just stopped. Like there was no more, uh, like nothing. And we were texting each other, like, you know, have, have you heard from Ethan? Like, or saw anything? Or like, oh, we haven't so, saw nothing. And someone said, someone sent a, because we had a group message, and someone said you dropped. Yep. And then we were like, oh no. And then all of a sudden, you know, like a couple hours later, we finally see a post where I guess you had, you were resting maybe in the van yeah. or or something, or uh, you'd taken a break. Yeah. So. So somehow, I did... somehow it got communicated, Ethan, that you you dropped out of the race to us. So. I I think one of my um, splits didn't get recorded. I don't okay. know, but that's I heard I heard from other people that there was one split that didn't get recorded, and so Maybe. people thought I stopped. Um, I really only stopped probably. I took two like twenty minute naps, um, and then I stopped for, you know. 20 to 30 minutes a couple times when I got super overheated. But other than that, I was moving the whole time. Oh, yeah, because it was, it was a big gap that, that it wasn't there. And we were like, oh, what happened to him? Maybe he's resting, maybe he's cooling off. And and then eventually, you know, we got word that you, you weren't moving, moving again. So, Slowly. That was good. That was good. I like what you said earlier, though. Because, um, you know, that I didn't want to interrupt you in your story about the uh, 50K. But you know, you I think it was the fifty K you're talking about, but you said you were you were training well, but you weren't running well or racing well. And man, that applies to <laughs> you know, most people. Like, you know, I mean and I, I was glad to hear you say that because like a lot of people do train good, but their races don't always go the way they want them to. Um, yeah. and that really gets people down. Yeah. <clears throat> And I mean, I've, I've had a year like that this year, you know, I've been training good, but I just haven't had a lot of good races. Something, you know, something seems to happen. So, you know, I think it's good for people to hear that, that even, you know, Ethan three-time marathon winner and, uh, you know, 50K national title, I, you know, there's just times where everything feels really good, but nothing goes right in the race or one mm-hmm. thing doesn't go right in the race. And, you know, that shouldn't ever like get you down to the point that you don't want to do it. Look, you know, and I mean, look at what you did. Like you were training well, but you weren't racing well, but you, you corrected that, yeah. you know, it just takes years. I mean, you come back and win the marathon, what, two more years later, or, you know, two years again, um, making you the first person to win three Knoxville marathons. Yep. That may not have been back to back. Like I thought I had read, but you know, <laughs> still, I still pretty. You won two of them back to back, though, right? Yeah, I won yeah. Uh, 2021 and 2022. Man, that's that's, that's so awesome. Yeah, so awesome. Did it give you like a key to the to the city or anything for that? Not. Oh, I'm still waiting. <laughs> still waiting. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely add tape to that. See what we can do. <laughs> and when you were talking about Badwater, man, I, I automatically went back to Ball State. Yeah. Because I wished I would have done the same thing that you planned i wish that i would have walked a lot during the day mm-hmm. and ran at night and i was just like failing in that race every day because i was trying to battle the heat trying to run you know you're past the dead possums and you don't know if you're going to have water and you're just running in 100 degree heat and i can only imagine how hot 
bad water was compared to this, but like by day two and a half, I was just coming unglued. Day three, I just, it all fell apart. And, you know, I was just failing and failing and failing. And finally, I was like, something's got to change. You know, we started changing everything we were doing then. But I wished I would have had your strategy going into Ball State and went, you know, walked some mostly during the day and ran at night. And it would have been a totally different race. You could have just done my strategy. You just walked the whole time. You just couldn't <laughs> run. So walk day, walk night. and be all right. Yeah, Ethan, so there was times in that race where I'm running, you know, running in the middle of the day, and I hear a Snapchat go off on my phone. And I open it up, and it's Matt. Matt's just sending everybody Snapchat. Having a great time. Having the best time back there. Hey, it's hot. I can't, I'm not running in this. It was, yeah. and I'm drenched. Like, I was, you know, I'm just, the whole thing is just drenched. I can't run in that. I mean, I'm already overheating by just walking, running that hat. Yeah, Snapchat, send everybody updates. <laughs> there you go. If I had if I had um, service in Death Valley, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So did your crew run any with you, or did they just strictly crew you? Oh, yeah. No, they were there from, from mile 42 to mile 134, because I, wow. I, I for the last mile, uh, I wanted them to, to, to get up to the finish line so they could cross the finish line with me. How um, many was in your crew? Three. Yeah, and they were, they were there. The the guys, one of the guys that uh, that crewed you, did he run it before, right? Or did he run it again this year? No. Um, so uh, my crew was all first timers out there. Okay, the guy that uh, you went and crewed with last year, did he run it again? Oh yeah, so he's so he's actually done it six years in a row. Okay, Delk. Um, he's actually the reason I was able to run. Mm-hmm. I was able to get into Badwater in the first place. Because um, I had given up that dream, but that's—I'll um, tell that story in a second if you if you if you want to hear it. But oh, uh, obviously we do. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he so he is a lo- an Knoxville uh, local, uh, grew up in Jamestown, Tennessee, and um, he's a radiologist, and he has done the Badwater Ultra Ultra Cup, which is the Badwater Cape Fear, which is fifty-one miles on the coast of North Carolina. Badwater Salt and Sea, which is 81 miles out in uh, the, the desert outside of San Diego, and then the Badwater 135 in Death Valley. He's on all three of those every year for like the last six years. And um, he has the record for the most Ultra Cup finishes. And his goal is, wow. to, is to actually break the record of most Badwater 135 finishes, um, which is like 20 or something. So. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, so I, the, so I had done back in 2021, 2020, all the races, everything got canceled because of COVID mm-hmm. and, um, the race director of Badwater, Chris Costman set up a virtual race. It was called the, um, uh, uh, I forget what it was called, but, um, it was basically, uh, 260. So if you add up the, the 135, the 51 for Cape Fear and the 81 for, um, Salton Sea, you get 267. And so the goal was to run 267 miles and you had 16 days to do it. So basically two weeks and two days. Um, so you had two weeks and a weekend on either end. Um, but it was a, it was an actual race because, you had to be on Strava. You had to have, you had to be, you had to be, 
um, in the in the Strava group for this race, and each run, elapsed time counted. So, um, if you stopped for the bathroom or whatever, that counted against you. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the spirit of the race was that if you started a run, you would keep your watch running until, or you would go until you were done with that run. Um, he it was the rules were a little. Uh, not quite that clear. Um, so some people were like just starting a new run. You know, you go, you start a run, go to, go to the bathroom, but you stop your run and you start a new run. Um, mm. I knew, I knew the spirit of the race. And so I was running twice <laughs> every morning or in the evening. Um, so, so basically it's 267 miles in 16 days is like 17 miles a day. Um, back to back 118 mile weeks with, a weekend and I averaged six Oh seven, six Oh eight, something like that. Um, and, and that actually got Chris's attention, the race director. Um, and so when I, so he knew, he knew who I was, which helped, I think my application. Yeah. So I did the bad water salt and sea with Kevin, um, the, the local guy a couple times. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're, if, if you or any of your listeners, are looking to get into Badwater. Um, the way the, the good ways to do it are to do the other Badwater races, the, the the Cape Fear and the Salton Sea, and to crew someone at Badwater. So I crewed Kevin the last two years, um, and they really really like people to do that because you understand what the race is about and and um, how to succeed. Um, and so I think between um, having one virtual race and then crewing Kevin twice and then doing the, the Salton Sea 81 mile or twice. Um, that was, that was why I got in. Cause my, cause my ultra resume, like the long ultras was pretty thin. Um, the no business 100 was actually my first 100. Um, and actually still the only 100 I finished. But, uh, bad water. So, According to Ethan, that's one and done. Which one? No business? Yeah, he when we were doing our training run the other day, uh or we were doing the course preview for Barn Creek, uh, I was hitting him up because he's he's officially done with ultra running. He has already retired. <laughs> he's That's retired cool. from running period. He is going to well, do know, short I've, races. I've heard him say he's retired, but then every time I get on Facebook or Strava, he's doing a race every weekend. He's like, I'm retired, I'm a, I'm retired from road running and then he's up there just I mean, what if are you going to put in for Western States? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, he, you have to. Right he, he ain't yeah. done. No. So yeah, <laughs> Western States, and if I get in, I'll do it. But um, and there's a chance in two years if I really, really want that no-no buckle, I'll go back and try no business again. But well, I will be officially done with no business at that point. So if you need someone to crew you or pace you, I'll I'll be there. All right, that's the I may I'll, go back that year and finally run it maybe maybe after yeah. after after next year I, I finally hopefully qualify for boston it'll be back to these mountain things yeah there you and go. so so matt's going on marathon training yeah, he's going to focus on trying to qualify yeah. awesome yeah yeah 11 minutes away 15 really, okay. minutes really because you got to get five minutes faster than the qualifying time so right we'll work on it we'll see what we can do Shave that beard off again. You're gonna save a few seconds. Keep telling him that. I braid it. I'm not shaving. I'm braiding. 
So, Ethan, tell us about this latest, this very last one we want to talk about here, and then we'll, then we'll move on. But there was a Blue Ridge Relay that you just did. Hood to Coast. Oh, was it? Hood to Coast. Hood to Coast, um, yeah, sorry. I've, I've, I have done Blue Ridge a few times. I'm getting but confused here. I've, I've read a... too much stuff. I've read too much. <laughs> it's been a few years. Um yeah, yeah Hood so, to Coast. That's the one I wanted to talk about. That's your most so, recent one, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was. I, I had meant to retire um, after Badwater, and then See? I got told everyone that I was on this Masters Knoxville Track Club team that was going out to Hood to Coast, and we had we had run out um, at Hood to Coast. It's a it's a huge relay, twelve hundred teams from the top of Mount Hood to the to Seaside, Oregon. Um, it's, it's, it's incredible. And we had run out there a few times in the, you know, late two thousands, um, when, when we were young and fast and we beat the Nike team one year we won, um, and we got second and third a couple of times, but, um, uh, last year, um, a couple of guys who had been doing it in the past said, you know, a bunch of us are 40. Now let's see if we can get a master's team together. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm turning 40 next year. I'll, I'll join. And then I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, recover from bad water. And I realized that I've hit the coast in like five or six weeks and I need to actually try to run fast. <laughs> and so I went from, you know, walking as my training to, to trying to, you know, run some, some decent fast times again and uh messed up my hamstring the week of the race and i didn't i I wasn't able to to run up until the time i basically got this the handoff um from the runner before me but we all (laughs) we all we all ran really well and we won the masters division um everyone everyone ran better than they were expected to and yeah, we, we crushed it. It was fun. We actually, Hood to Coast has something called Submasters. So Masters is every runner has to be over 40. Supermasters is over 50. And Submasters is over 30, which is, you know, kind of weird. But um, we actually beat all the Submasters teams too. Hello. So That's impressive. Very good. Like how many miles did you end up running? Did you track like how many miles you ran? Yeah, it's only so it's split up. It's it's like a Ragnar. Um so it's so it's split up in 36 legs. Um and there's six run or 12 runners, so each each person runs three times. And so I had one of the longer ones, but it was only like 17, 18 miles. Um but you know, if you're only running 5, 6 miles at a time, you're expected to run pretty hard, pretty well, fast. Yeah, I was going to say you were you were running probably a probably a five something pace, weren't you? And I was trying. <laughs> with those bad water legs yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's used to it he's, he's used to going doing something hard and running fast the next week yeah back when i was young and stupid what did uh i mean did you i guess after you've done both i would imagine i know what the answer to this question is going to be but i'm going to ask you what did you like more did you like ultras or did you like like marathons or even shorter than that like what was your favorite my favorite, I, and it might be just because of the races I chose and the success I had, but I love the 50K. Um, 
even even the frosty 50k the trail run the real actual trail run the uh, the frosty foot that i run yeah. last this earlier this year getting ready for black canyon 100k um it's just a good distance i like i like 50ks um it's it's long enough where you know you kind of have to have a good amount of strength and endurance but um short enough where you're not out there all day and all night <laughs> yeah so yeah i'm 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 a big 50k guy well and you did you did well at the black canyon 100k too this year yeah i finished it was I, it was be- it was it was definitely better than um i i was better than i was at no business um yeah well i mean you had a pretty solid pace for a long time, I remember following you through that race. You were running really well. Well, Black Canyon's weird. It's it it starts off with like a fifteen or twenty mile downhill. Um, and so, and it's also cold. Like it started it started off. It was like thirty five degrees because it starts at elevation, mm-hmm. um, and then you 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 descend into the valley and then start climbing again. So it got hot in the in the middle of the day, like mid seventies high low 80s something like that uh with full sun so not you know not not death valley hot but hot enough um but yeah people people at that race go out crazy fast i was running you know down that down the hill in the first you know 15 miles at seven minute 7 30 pace and just people were just flying by me it's like this is 100k guys slow down <laughs> coming from the guy that runs fives yeah uh, <laughs> no, no. That'll work. I'll, I'll get there one day. Yeah. yeah. If I ran five minute miles, I might be able to run a 5K. That's about it. I'd pass out that. <laughs> I couldn't imagine doing a marathon. So. so, does that mean you're coming back to uh, the Covenant next year, or are you done done marathon in general? Oh, you're looking you're looking for some sort of an announcement here, aren't you? I'm just. You said you're done. You're retired, and then then you're not retired. I don't. Know. I, I almost seen when you said covenant his mustache twitch i'm not i won't rule it out no i'll see i'm I'm gonna see how much i mean i am i'm 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 retired in that i'm not i'm not signed up for anything right now um but i'm still trying to stay in shape so if if the if the winter goes well and i'm in i'm in good shape i'll probably sign up for it but you have you have nothing planned out for the rest of the year i this is the first time since i started running seriously in freshman year of high school 1997 I have no races I'm signed up for. He's he's doing his volunteering duties though. Yeah. He's running yep. an aid station at No Business. Yep. I'll see him there. That's right. Thanks so, for taking uh, care. He's taking care of all the good, good, good runners, even all the way up to the DFL, which is usually the one that needs the most attention. Well, he gets to he gets to handle these people with their uh, new course now, so they actually get to go through the the river and uh, come up to the other side instead. Of, I guess the bridge is down or something. Oh yeah, I heard you saying that earlier. Apparently, they sent out a an email. They did a video a while ago. Saying Wait, which that, uh, slot, slot course change? Yeah, slot course change. Not the bridge. Not the bridge over to Blue Heron. That's what it sounded like. I'm not. I'm not sure. Either. It said they're going to have a rope, and you're going to go across it, and it's going to go up into the Blue Heron section aid station. Do it counterclockwise, wow. and and then they're going to have another drop back after the the river. Well, that'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, just another layer. It's all good. Yeah. I'm glad they're changing the course up. I feel like I'm running a new course now. Backwards, yeah, they, then I get you know 
a couple of sections. So, Ethan, are you you're not originally from Knoxville, are you? No, uh, I grew up in Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia. Okay. And where'd you go to college at? Um, Carnegie Mellon. It's a small school in Pittsburgh. Okay. So I thought and you that, were up that way. What's that? I thought you were from up that way, but I wasn't sure. Sure. Where yeah, I was. From. I was in uh, the Navy in Charleston, South Carolina. After that, and then from there, I came to Knoxville. So, uh, I have now lived in Knoxville longer than anywhere else. Okay. What year did you move here? Two thousand nine. And uh, what about the long run? How did that uh, how'd that come about? Um, it was interesting. Uh, so so um, there's a lot of really nice running apparel out there, um, and running stores generally don't stock a lot of apparel, um, which it it makes sense. It's not a super high margin item, and it doesn't wear out like shoes do, um, but we, uh, my girlfriend Julia and I found ourselves ordering a lot of clothing online because we couldn't find, you know, the, the, the brands we were interested in. And mm-hmm. when you buy something online, you never know how it's going to fit. And when it gets there, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't fit right. What do you do? Do you send it back? Do you just throw it in your closet? Um, and so we had an idea to kind of open that avenue and be mostly apparel um, focused on running and, and athletic, um, clothing, but then also we really wanted to be like a, you know, like a hub where people would come and, and, you know, start their runs there and hang out afterwards and we could have group runs from there. So we found this location on Southern Avenue, which is perfect. It's right down from the Greenway. Um, it's really centralized only a couple miles from UT mm-hmm. and, um, that's that's how it started. We were like, let's let's get some accounts open and bring in some clothes and see if people are interested. Yeah, for everybody that's not listening, Ethan and Julia run, which you can see Ethan's shirt. He's he's sorting it there, but it's the Long Run Shop in Knoxville. Um, definitely go check him out. He's uh he's pretty awesome. We get a lot of our stuff from there, and actually, even the Long Run is a sponsor for East Coast Adventures. Um, they make donations to us. They give away prizes. And even Julie and Ethan have both ran some of the East Coast Venture races. They, uh, they ran for Frenzy and gone. I believe Julia ran Gone Loco or was going to run Gone Loco. Uh, but yeah, uh, definitely if, if y'all haven't checked it out, check out the long run in Knoxville. Cool place to hang out. And there are good, good beverages in the back. <laughs> um, Ethan, so. Real quick, we've uh, we've got some questions from listeners we'd like to ask you. Uh, but while Matt's pulling that up, because Matt seems to lose these questions, so got we got to give him a few minutes Maybe. to find them. But um, you know, you recently so you talk about all the running and you know the marathons, the ultra marathons. Now you're race directing, right? Yeah, yeah, that was another one of Julia's ideas. Was uh, she, she was really interested in in doing a backyard ultra. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a really cool idea. Um, and so, uh, we, um, kind of tried to scope out some locations and she was talking to her brother who owns a motocross course back to Jamestown, Tennessee. Um, and there was, he said there's some really nice trails out there and he could probably come up with a four point 
one mile loop and um on his proper starting and ending on his property and we went and checked it out and it it seemed like it was uh it worked it's gonna work out pretty well so yeah we're uh it's called the barn creek backyard ultra and it's coming up in november east coast adventures in the long run joint adventure um it's gonna be it's gonna be fun yeah, guys, so definitely, uh, if you haven't signed up or checked out that race, check it out. It's back, uh, Barn Creek Backyard Ultra, and it's in Allert, Tennessee. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, that's kind of close going towards Jamestown area. Um, but if you haven't seen the award for The Last Man Standing, uh, it's one of Ethan's ideas, but we're actually using the, the pumpkin tower. That's in Allert. That's going to be part of the actual Last Man Standing Award. Um, obviously the long run and East coast ventures are putting on the race together. So we're both throwing in some swag too. So, um, obviously Ethan and M Scott shirts and hoodies that are on there. And then also we're doing coins for any of the finishers. And then anybody that gets a hundred miles, will get pretty awesome belt level that uh, Julian and Julia and Ethan design. So it's pretty cool. Uh, it, be, it should be a pretty good course for doing a hundred miles. Cause it's a, it's, I mean, you ran with me last weekend, Dave, but it's it's a pretty e- easily easy loop. I know yeah, you have to do it. It's what split. we end up with 200, 200 something feet elevation gain <laughs> over four point one miles. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit of trail, a little bit of gravel, a little bit of road. It's it's perfectly balanced, so there's not any alternating on the course. But uh, for for anybody that's listening later this week, we're going to give away a free entry. Uh, just follow our Instagram and long run and east coast adventures account and uh, we'll have a way for you to win a free entry on there later this week so pay attention guys but now hopefully matt has found the I questions i got some the first one it's, it's pretty pretty simple but uh why are you so fast i kind of take uh, so um i'm really i'm really not that fast um i've been i've been lucky in that i've I've been able to train at a pretty high level for a long time and make the most of my abilities. Um, I think I've been, uh, I think I've really just been lucky to have been able to take advantage of, you know, what, what gifts I do have, um, in terms of my, in terms of my training. Uh, the next question is what do you fuel with or what is your favorite? Fuel, food, or drink. Um, so I would say short races and hard efforts. Um, I like spring the uh, gels. Um, mm-hmm. That's my go my go to for marathons, fifty k's. Um, the awesome sauce is my favorite. Um, for longer stuff, uh, like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Um, I I live for Mountain Dew, um, Snickers bars, oatmeal cream pies. Yeah, that would that would get me there. That's definitely ultra running food right there. <laughs> uh, the next one is how how did you heat train for uh, Badwater? So um, I was. It wasn't. It unfortunately, didn't get super hot here. Um, the race was July fourth, and it kind of didn't get that hot here until later in July. So I was going out in the, in the afternoons and 
and walking, walk jogging as much as I could. But then five or six days a week, I would go to the sauna um, and I would do a workout first. So I would like walk uphill on the treadmill or do a walk jog or a, li or a little jog. And then I'd go sit in the sauna for up to 45 minutes. Uh, but but the, I was trying to do it at least five times a week. Okay. Um, another question. Do you keep a running log? I do. Yeah. I. Um... I have an Excel Excel spreadsheet that I've been mm -hmm. working on since oh early two thousands. It's a it's it's got a lot of features. Um, Ethan is an engineer, so well, you know, he's you all got, about that. Got to have it out there. Uh, okay, let's see. Here we got a few more. Oh wow, you you've got so many questions. You got two. Well, lists. I think most of these have already I'm, been. Added. I'm really shocked. Matt has kept up with both of these lists. Oh, I got one more after this. Uh, <laughs> when was when did you win your first marathon? First marathon I won, I think actually was the year I was training for the Double Boston. In January, I went down to Charleston back because that that's where I was in the Navy and ran the Charleston Marathon as a as a training run, and ran two thirty two two thirty four or something and won it. Um as one of my training runs. Okay. And then we have one from one of the Knoxville guys. It said, uh, I guess Julia is running the race coming up. Yeah. A hundred K. Is this? Yeah. She's running the Havelina day out in outside of Phoenix. Okay. How many beers are you going to drink while you're crewing her? I'm supposed to pace her for the last lap. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to try to, uh, stay under control so I can stay on my feet and help her out in the okay. last. I think uh, that's all I've got from, uh, I got one more. And I won't tell you this question from, but, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your dog trooper? Oh, um, so, uh, trooper, uh, I inherited him from my parents, um, when I moved to Knoxville. Because um, they didn't have a fenced-in yard, they had a um, invisible fence, and he kept running through it. And so I had a, I got an actual fenced yard, so I brought him down to my house here in Knoxville. And uh, yeah, he was he was my running buddy. Um, we actually built a ba a bar a bar in the basement, um, and he was afraid to go down the stairs to the basement. And so um, we called it Trooper's Bar because he wasn't. Everyone felt sorry because we were all hanging out down there and he was just sitting up staring down at us. And if you go to, you know, if you look at our logo of the long run, um, there's a there's a dog head in the logo and that's Trooper. Well, that's awesome. That's cool. Uh, was there also a racing team named after Trooper? There was. We had we had the Trooper's Bar racing team, too. Um, we got a lot of questions about where Trooper's Bar was and how he would... <laughs> It's hard, hard <laughs> my basement. Yeah. Well, that's a really cool story. And I didn't know that uh, that was your actual dog that was in the logo of the long run. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Did you all create that logo yourselves? Uh, actually, uh, our friend Jose Salas, um, he's a graphic designer and 
uh, he has done a lot of the graphic design work for us for our store. He did great. Yeah, I love that logo. Good. It's awesome. But that's even cooler now. I now that I know that it has meaning that that's true. That's that's really awesome. Any other questions, Matt? That's all the people gave me to ask. So, all right, Ethan. Well, thank you so much for your time. Do you have any questions for us or anything we can do looking, better at? Other than, for, you know, other than making the camera work for the webcam. <laughs> so I apologize for that. Yeah. For, the, for people that don't know, we spent, what, 20 minutes trying to get this uh, camera to work. And then well, it just magically came over. When we say we. Yeah, him, because I can't do it. Computer stuff, not happening. I just sit here and like, yeah, Matt was very supportive. Not man. on, yeah. Not on. <laughs> we got it. He got it. All right, Blue Heron. Yes, sir. I will see you then. I'm going to go down tomorrow, actually. Hey, so. if, he, uh, if you see him walking, give him one of the speeches that he gives me. Uh, yell at him. Cuss at him. Tell him it's going uh, gonna to hurt no matter what, walking or running. And uh, tell him to go. Nobody cares. Run faster. That's what, just constantly just yell at him. Ethan, Sounds I don't know what he's talking about because I give really good motivational yeah, speeches. Every bit, what I just said, is exactly what he tells me. Yell at me. <laughs> As I'm growing up, he's yelling at me. And it, it may work, so try it. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, don't don't hold back, Ethan. Just, yeah. just let and, it and if he's throwing up, yeah. give him the old uh, Matt Williams and slap him right in the face. And uh, it quit. <laughs> well, Ethan, I will see you at No Business, and then we will see you again just a couple weeks at Barn Creek. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, take care, brother. Thanks, Ethan. All right, we're done recording. So.